VegCast. Hello, I'm Vance with a brim full of VegCast. VegCast. On the 45. VegCast. A full menu from first to last. VegCast. Yes, it is VegCast 45, and I'm Vance bringing you another full menu of vegetarian podcastery for your listening experience. And this time out, we are going to be talking about rats. We are going to be talking with Maria Pandolfi of Rat Chick Rat Rescue Group uh, about an event coming up in Philadelphia here next weekend, as well as the larger question of rats uh, and their place in human society. Touching on the movie Ratatouille in the process. And we'll also have a rat-related song from a new artist called uh, named Christina Louise Dicker from Australia. Uh, she's got a nice voice. She's got uh, a good song, and we're going to take a listen to that. We'll also have a science fact that has uh, just a little rat in it. Uh, as Monty Python might say. So uh, we're going to kind of go with somewhat of a rat theme, and uh, perhaps we'll learn something about rats, perhaps we'll be uh, enlightened and educated, or perhaps we'll just have some fun listening to the podcast, sitting back and uh, kicking back, put up our feet, and we will enjoy the 45th episode of... All right, we're going to jump right into the interview with Maria Pandolfi. Uh, This is one of those interviews done on location. Uh, When I'm interviewing Philadelphia area people, I try to take my little uh, portable MP3 recorder and get the sound of the people in their own environment. And this certainly was Maria's own environment down there in South Philly uh, with the uh, living room window open onto the street. You will occasionally hear some car noise uh, maybe a phone in the background. You'll also hear uh, perhaps uh, some rats, although the rats don't make a lot of noise. There were rats in cages in the room. Uh, there was also a parrot named Kramer who uh, was uh, on his cage. He was walking around uh, on top of his cage for, throughout most of the interview. Uh, he had a couple of interpolations that I, I had to take out of the interview just to keep it down to a reasonable size, uh, but certainly a uh, a parrot with a lot to say. Also with a lot to say, though, is Maria Pandolfi, and that's who we're going to hear from right now. Okay, uh, right now on VegCast, we are talking with Maria Pandolfi, the director and founder of Rat Chick Rat Rescue and Advocacy Group. Maria, welcome to VegCast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And we're glad to have you, uh, especially because you have an event coming up here in Philadelphia that we wanted to talk about and make sure... Uh, any of our Philadelphia area listeners knew about, and uh, that's coming up just uh, a little later this month. Can you let us know what what is the concept of the Fab Rat Animal Friend Festival? Okay, well, the uh, Fab Rat Festival started six years ago. This is the sixth annual Fab Rat Festival, and um, it started out to educate people on rats. There's a lot of prejudice and misconception, and I want to get that all to go away because 
because of all that problem, all those problems, um, there are a lot of things that happen to rats that are horrifying and are acceptable in our society. The other reason why we have the Fab Rat Festival is also to let people know about our rescue group, hopefully get some adoptions done, some fundraising, and now we've added animal friends, so um, I invited a lot of different animal advocacy groups and rescue groups. I don't have any um, breeding groups there. It's all animal rights and educating the public about all different kinds of animals. I think it's important for all the animal groups to get together and work together. Okay, and we should say, before we go any further, this will be at the Columbus Square Community Center, Saturday, June 14th, 11 to 3 o'clock. That's at 12th and Wharton Street in Philadelphia, uh, in South Philly. Yes. Uh, so, uh, let me just ask you, first of all, about adoption of rats. Where do these rats come from that need adopted? I mean, you we have, with dogs and cats, you know, you have people who are breeding them, or you have people that just let them go astray and they breed with each other, they get picked up, they brought into shelters and then people need to adopt them. Is it the same thing with rats or where do these, are these rescued rats from, from laboratories or what's going on? Sometimes they are from laboratories, although what we're trying to do now with laboratory rats is we're trying to um, get that to end. Um, there's a university that has been doing experiments for years and years that I've been in contact with and they don't seem to be uh, interested in anything else. But there's a CD-ROM they could use. So we're going to start uh, something different in September. Mm -hmm. We're planning on some maybe educational uh, demos that we're going to be doing. We're going to need help with that to uh, educate the public about why this is wrong and, and hopefully change it to at least a little bit. but um, So now the majority of rats we get are from shelters and also from people. People tend to buy rats from pet stores and of course those pet stores are primarily selling them as quote feeders and people see a cute rat at a pet store and they just feel sorry for him or her so they take him in, they, they buy him which we try to discourage because when, even though you're saving that cute little rat, you're actually uh, contributing to the problem because that rat's going to be replaced with another rat and you're helping the industry to go on. The other thing is that um, we just, we, we want people to adopt rats that already need homes and there are tons of rats that need homes at this point. Um, so we get them, sometimes people even buy rats from pet stores and they're pregnant. Because they're in this feeder situation, the pet stores don't separate the males from the females. When you so, say a feeder situation, you mean people are buying to feed the snakes? Yes, okay. people buy rats to feed the snakes, which I have something, we're working on that too. <laughs> but we're doing a lot of different things. So uh, they buy these, so they, they buy a rat, a cute rat from the feeder bin, and they take the female rat home and she's got babies all of a sudden. And this is because these pet stores don't care about the rats. They right. don't care, you know, they're, it's all about money. So we'll get, the, sometimes we get babies that way too. So it's shelters, individual people, 
and it's also sometimes laboratories. But lately we've been getting a lot more, and I think it's because of the movie Ratatouille. Mm -hmm. Although I think that film was great because it was rat positive, but it's the same thing as when 101 Dalmatians came out. People wanted rats, but they weren't really interested in caring for the rats. They wanted a rat that could cook for them. Yeah, they wanted a rat that was going to cook rat tattooing, and wow, they're real surprised that it didn't happen, and he doesn't have to do the dishes or anything. All he wants to do is give up, so they're like, out of here. We don't want you anymore, and he's got some rat chick, rat rescue and advocacy group. Well, now, um, let's just talk but about... They, I can sometimes teach them how to cook. They make small you portions. Can, you can, huh? Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I guess you've worked with them for, yeah, for a while. So. That's amazing. They can do anything. I did I did notice in that movie, I thought it was uh, interesting that um, even though, obviously it was in France, so you had like a cream sauce in, in that first soup that, yeah. that they were making. But for a movie that was all about how to cook stuff, there was there was just about no meat mentioned or or shown anywhere, and the the main dish that causes the epiphany and changes everything is a vegan I know. dish. I was so oh, happy. Yeah. I was so upset when I saw the cream sauce at the beginning. Yeah. And then I was really happy about the vegan food, and actually we're going to have rat tattoos at the Fab Rat Festival. Yeah. Okay. So Great. that's going to be really cool. Plus a lot of other vegan food. But uh, here with the movie made some really, they had a lot of facts about rats, but they also had some false beliefs that were really upsetting to me. Such as? They said that, you know, uh, that specific rat was really clean, whereas the other rats were dirty. It's not true. Rats clean themselves more times a day than a cat. They're very, very clean animals. As a matter of fact, vets that deal with rats... They recommend them for small children, even dogs, over dogs and cats, because it's very rare that they will bite. Even a rat that's been severely abused in a laboratory or by some person, um, I can always, Doug and I, Doug's the vice president of the group, we can always turn them around. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look on the website, we have information about that. But, you know, that was a false belief, and then they said that he was special because he could taste poison and uh, actually any rat can taste the smallest amount of poison in food. And there is a rat in, in the wild, there's a rat in the rat colony that is the taster, and he tastes the food, and if he gets sick, then the other rats will not eat it. Hmm. Okay. They're brilliant little animals. I mean, they really can't cook. That was a joke. But they are really, really intelligent. Well, so what, let me ask, in terms of rats being used as, the prototypical lab animal. Now, some scientists will say, well, there's, it's because there's elements of their physiology that match humans, although historically there certainly have been cases where they were surprised that some, I mean, just saccharin, for example, they found out, oh, this actually didn't match, and we thought for 30 years that, that we were correct in saying that that did. Um, is that really biologically a like a good match that would you know just it obviously doesn't justify that would uh, make sense make logical sense or is it really more the fact that rats have already become such a you know have the stigma 
the social stigma that it's like, well, we'll, we'll just prey on the weakest and exactly. most hated members exactly. of the community. It's very interesting because I'm also a teacher and I, um, I teach the kids not to be prejudiced through the rats. Mm-hmm. And when I bring them to school for the day, you know, everybody's like, ooh, rats. And then I, you know, talk about, well, you know, it's the same as a person that's different than you. And people make up bad things about someone who's different. And rats are really, I think that they have the, the hardest out of all animals. All these beliefs they have are so false about them. And because of these false beliefs and because of the media, just like in the media they make black people pimps and they make Italians, which I am, mafia. They make rats dirty and evil and all this stuff. And people believe it. And I actually infiltrated a... Um, workshop for science teachers at Temple Medical School mm-hmm. last year and one of the horrific things yet true that the, the scientists said was that well one of the one of the um, science teachers asked if the room where they were doing the surgery on the rat was um, sterilized and the surgery they weren't even using painkiller for the surgery by the way but uh, she asked if the room was sterilized, and the scientist said, no, we don't have to because since people don't like rats, they're not covered under the Animal Welfare Act, and we could get away with a lot more. And I was so <laughs> appalled by her honesty. Right. I mean, the things that I saw being done, we demoed them for a while, but it's just, and that's why, it's, they're weak. They're easily manipulated because they're such sweet animals. Um, they are forgiving. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. You know, you're less, you're not that likely to get bit. Um, they are. They breed fast, so you and so they're inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And I think scientists are used to doing things that way. And with any animal, they don't. It's you know they just. Sometimes I think they're evil. Sometimes I think they, they just, I can't understand it. But I think, you know, maybe it's just like they just don't have a connection at all with these animals. My sister-in-law is actually a scientist who experimented on rats. And we were, my husband is like, he really loves the rats now. And we've only been married for two years. But he, we were with her and she was saying that rats aren't smart. And Tom said, Kath, rats are smart. And I said, Kathy, have you ever gotten to know a rat? And she said, oh, no, you couldn't because we were ruining the experiment. So it's like <laughs> so clear to me, it's so clear to any person who's an AR person. Why can't these people see this? Why can't other people see, you know, why can't they base their beliefs on facts instead of prejudice and all that? It, it sickens me. Right. It's funny that you can't get, you know, you can't threaten the integrity of the experiment by, you know, getting personally attached to the rat or anything, and yet you can do the experiments in a non-sterilized room where the lack of sterilization might introduce uh, factors, you know, biological factors or chemical factors or whatever that might give you some different result. But that, that element, oh, we can easily... Right. No, it's all about We have to be sure that we keep this right attitude about... It's all about, it's all about grant money and living, 
you're living off of that grant money and selfishness. I, you know, I think that I can't understand how humans were, you know, the most intelligent of all creatures, yet were so evil and so selfish. And, you know, more so than any other animals do things because they, they're hungry for food or for, for their protection. We do things out of selfishness, greed, and hate. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Well, do you think, I mean, Ratatouille obviously was a, just kind of a pop culture phenomenon. Um, and like you said, the, the effect was probably somewhat narrow and short-lived. But do you see over time any kind of change in in the public's consciousness about rats? Or is it pretty much sticking with this stereotype going on? I don't know. I mean, there are, they are, um, there is less animal testing going on, although there's more animal testing with small animals. But then again, they just, they're getting rid of the uh, lethal dose 90 test, or they're working on that. Okay. And that, you know, is primarily rats and mice. So, I mean, that's a good thing. Uh, I think that, that, Animal advocacy, animal rights, is becoming more the norm in general. You know, you go to the supermarket and there's vegan stuff that we could buy. Whereas when my dad was a kid, he's been vegan, he's been vegetarian since he was six, hmm. and uh, there was nothing for him to eat, you know, except for the food my mother made. So he, you know, nowadays we have a lot of vegetarian stuff. There's cruelty-free stuff, so it's better, but. I think it's going to be a long time till it's better with rats. I mean, I, I have, when I bring the rats to school and I do rat stuff at school, my kids are wonderful. And they, you know, you come to my school and you ask them, you know, if they like rats, they all love rats. My principal has said to me, you've really opened my mind. He said, but you have a long way to go with a lot of people. The teachers, some of them are okay, and others are just, you know, I have one of the rats with me, and right in front of the kids will go, get away from me, you know, that's, <laughs> but, and it, it angers me, because the same thing, you know, they have these stereotypes, these are educators, right. we're supposed to be educating these children, and they are, you know, doing the exact opposite, right in front of the kids. They're, they're allowing their false beliefs to judge an innocent animal and what else are they doing in that classroom that's, you know, absolutely wrong for right. the kids. Now, I'm not even talking about the rats at this point, but for the kids. That's a good question. Well, um, we got to about wrap it up, but let me ask you one more question. I was talking uh, to somebody about the China study, and T. Colin Campbell has all these studies that... The bulk of the book is based on going to China and studying all these thousands of people across huge sections of China and being able to make comparisons in terms of what they are eating um, and come up with some pretty compelling evidence. But to get to that point, he started by doing animal studies, by doing studies on rats. And he makes the case that, you know, if, if I hadn't, had been able to do these preliminary studies, we wouldn't have gotten to this place of being able to to put out this compelling dietary case that can save the lives of animals. Where I, I'm still at a loss of how to deal, how to reconcile that in my in my head. So, it, where do you come down on that? That's a tough one. I 
I believe that is not necessary. I believe that just like with any scientific, any animal research is going on nowadays, it's what they're used to, it's the easy way out. Mm -hmm. There's other ways. He didn't need to use rats and mice, but you know, rats and mice are throwaways in our society. They're no different than a chair, they're no different than, you know, an object. And so, you know, that's him rationalizing what he's doing. And people mm -hmm. rationalize what they do all the time. Well, fair enough. Uh, but you're, uh, you're out there educating people, raising consciousness, and this uh, is certainly going to be a big part of that. The 6th Annual Fab Rat Animal Friend Festival. Um, I, I can see on the flyer you're going to have all kinds of uh, interesting things. Uh, rat beauty contest, aratomy awards, live DJ prizes. Uh, you're, the Philly Roller Girls are going to be there. Yeah. Boy, all right. anything else that we need to know about this? To there's going to be lots of delicious vegan food. Uh -huh. uh, there's going to be vegan food from a, a very well-known... Philadelphia chef who is the founder of CARE which is one of the animal groups that's going to be there and uh, the rat beauty pageant is just tongue in cheek there are rat groups that are very serious about these things and they have rat shows like dog shows and cat shows really? and they breed and they're breeding for a certain color and all that silly stuff and uh I think that's terrible. So, so you're not I mean, doing that kind of thing? No, I would not myself like to be judged on beauty because I don't think I win any contests either. So, well, that's up in the air. Well, thank you. But, but uh, I just think that, you know, I'm anti-real beauty pageant. So this is kind of more like a spoof on beauty pageants. Okay. And, um, you know, you never know who's going to win. One year, a white albino that was really, really old with a big tumor, was the winner. Because okay. that guy deserved to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like a great uh, afternoon. And uh, for those of our listeners who are, you know, we do have listeners worldwide, so people who can't get to Philadelphia, do you have any kind of takeaway for them uh, as to how they can either, I don't know, celebrate the day if they're not in Philadelphia or uh, something for them to remember about rats? Well, no matter where you are, I'm sure there's a rat rescue near you. Please, if you're considering considering an animal, a companion animal, especially if you have children, consider a rat. Uh, please do not go to a breeder or to a pet store because they that just helps the industry go on. If you'd like to help rat chick rat rescue out, which we really need help, there is a little button that you can click on on our website and our MySpace page. I think it's on the MySpace page too. And you could donate uh, money or you could, if you have any supplies, like we always need cages and working water bottles, food, um, anything you could do. And I hope you can make it because it's going to be a lot of fun. And even if you're not a rat person, you'll, you'll just learn so much about these great little guys. Okay, great. And that website is www.ratchickratrescue.com. Right? That's it. We'll have that and the MySpace page in our show notes. And uh, that's about all the time we have. So, Maria Pandolfi, thanks for joining us on VegCast. Thank you very much.
used to believe that hell was on some distant shore, but now I'm aware of what goes on behind closed doors, and I don't understand why they do what they do. I just can't sleep at night. May the end come. May the end come soon. The world is an ugly place inside there. Laboratories they put on their white. They do. How can they sleep at night? May the end come. May the end come soon. I can't count the lives they've taken, and we call ourselves. Human. The creatures are innocent, but their eyes are so afraid. They suffer in silence through the cruelty and the pain, and they don't understand why we do. We do, but when they lay down to die, may the end come. May the end come soon. And when they lay down to die, may the end come. May the end come soon. Christina Louise Dicker from Australia. She's a vegan musician who lives in a semi-rural area of southern Victoria with her husband and lots of animal friends, she says. Uh, in Christina's spare time, she is the editor of the Big Beat of the 50s magazine, which is the club magazine of the Australian Rock and Roll Appreciation Society, established in 1974. Uh, you can find out more about Christina, hear more of her music, uh, friend her and everything else at myspace.com slash hillbillykittenmusic. And now it's time for us to turn to the science Our science fact for this VegCast is, as I mentioned, only tangentially related to rats, but it's still one worth paying attention to. Water Scare Over Food Crisis is the name of this story, which is about a report titled Saving Water from Field 
Two Fork, which was jointly authored by the Stockholm International Water Institute in collaboration with the International Water Management Institute and the Stockholm Environment Institute. The study points out that water will be a key constraint to food production unless we change the way we think and act about water resources. The lead of this story uh, says the ongoing food crisis, characterized by growing shortages and rising prices of staple commodities, has far-reaching implications for the world's scarce water resources. Uh, The emerging challenges facing the food sector include growing water scarcity, unacceptably high levels of undernourishment, the proliferation of people who are overweight or obese, and of food that is lost or wasted in society. Uh, Anders Berntel of the Stockholm International Water Institute uh, points out that food production and agriculture are the biggest global users of water. And if we want to break that down a little closer, he does that. As people's incomes rise in developing nations, he says they are changing to more meat-intensive diets. According to Berntel, every calorie of food you take in translates into one liter of water. He pointed out that red meat from cattle is more water-intensive because it takes up to 15 cubic meters of water to produce one kilogram of beef. There's a huge difference from a vegetarian diet where as little as two cubic meters of water per kilogram are needed to produce certain vegetables, Berntel noted. It is time for us, he says, to move beyond thinking about how we meet quantities and to start looking at the type of foods we produce and how we benefit from them. Uh, And so I guess the uh, lesson there is pretty clear. I'm not going to hammer that home too much. But uh, just especially, it's a little bit off topic, but i got to read this. In the United States, people throw away about 30% of all food, corresponding to 40,000 billion liters of irrigation water, enough water to meet the household needs of 500 million people, according to the study. Berntel said the wastage of food in most rich countries could be in the order of about 50% in developing countries. However, waste is due mostly to problems of storage, transportation, lack of refrigeration, and rat infestation. And so you see, rats aren't all good after all, huh? All right. No, uh, obviously it's not the rat's fault that people are wasting food or storing it badly or whatever else, uh, but it is certainly uh, on the heads and shoulders of those of us in the rich countries to do something about this uh, before telling people in developing countries to modify their behavior and not uh, try to act like us. So uh, I would suggest that anybody out there that wants to do anything about world hunger, about people's access to water, uh, start by providing an example of uh, not just adopting a vegetarian or vegan diet, but uh, being circumspect in how you use your water, in how you use your food, uh, making sure things don't go to waste. Those of us that are conscious of what's going on can make our own uh, judgments and make our own alterations in our behavior. And that's something that we can do thanks to being informed by the latest science fact. And just as a little postscript to that science fact, since we were talking about wasting food, you may or may not have heard that Tyson has just destroyed 15,000 chickens after finding bird flu in Arkansas. Uh, It was a different strain than uh, the most potent and dangerous one uh, to humans, but uh, it is evidence, number one, that 
uh, we can't just keep on laughing about the supposed specter of bird flu as it does really continue to march uh, across the globe. And also that uh, a lot of the discussion of wasting of food uh, also involves the wasting of lives, uh, If even if you considered that uh, animals had some purpose to serve by feeding us uh, these are animals that have just been raised to be killed without even uh, doing that, which kind of throws the efficacy of the whole system into question. Uh, and it's not exactly something that we routinely have to do uh, with fields of wheat because they don't tend to get zoonotic diseases. All right, that's the last I'm going to say on that. And it's about time to wrap this thing up. Okay, we are getting out of here, but first I wanted to thank Maria Pandolfi for allowing VegCast into her home to get the lowdown on rats and uh, to spend some time with her whole menagerie there. Uh, That was certainly some fun down in South Philly. And thanks, of course, to Christina Louise Dicker for her song, Uh, May the end come soon. And, of course, thanks to you for downloading VegCast. And look sharp because the next VegCast will be out in less than two weeks. Big announcement coming on that one. So until then, get out there and live like you mean it. VegCast.